The girl was so sure she would get the job that she had come to Westchester with her suitcase. She sat in the living room of the Christensen's house, looking in her plain blue coat and hat, even younger than her 21 years. Lightning recap in The Heroine by Patricia Highsmith. We have a story that only sort of answers the question, what would happen if your intrusive thoughts became reality? Welcome back to A Little Time. And welcome back to A Little Podcast. This is Short Story Short Podcast, the podcast of short story that are short, like this podcast. You couldn't have possibly gotten that from the title, which is just impossibly vague and sort of like an inside joke between me and Chris. It's uh, it's meta. Um, yes, we're back. Medical things have happened. I only died once, briefly. And now I'm back at it, ready to go, raring to read a story. What story should I have read? You should have read uh, The Heroine by Patricia Highsmith. Now, this is a story by an author I'm a big fan of for a number of reasons. One, of course, wrote Strangers on a Train, The Talented Mr. Ripley, um, A Diary. But really, this story is an encapsulation, I think, of the psychological aspects of all of her characters and all of her work, but she's desperately trying to write like Shirley Jackson. (laughs) Oh, I didn't catch that until you said it, but now that you said it, it feels like it's the most true thing that anyone's ever said. Yes, she definitely was going for the Shirley Jackson effect here. And I, that's no, no shade on her for that. Um, there's, you know, you, you mimic what you admire and, um, you, you, it's, especially when it's someone well-known, it's, it's more of an homage. Oh, hello. Yeah. I think, I think that in this case it works and it shows very much the difference between, uh, Shirley Jackson's style, uh, psychological thrillers and so forth. And something like Joyce Carol Oates with uh, Where Are You Going? Where Have You Been? It, one is a disquiet that reveals itself through a scenario. The other one is a disquiet that reveals itself through the ordinariness of the character. And this, you have an extraordinary character who the whole way through you think is relatively ordinary. <laughs> yeah, what, what happens to her happens pretty quick. That's, there's, a, there's a very kind of speedy escalation but it's one of those things where when you look back after you get to that point you're like yeah this might have been mostly inevitable like there might have been a little bit of it that was inevitable but it's mostly yeah she could have evited it briefly um could have just 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 tried to evident yeah that when really it makes me sad because i see a lot of myself in this character oh do you now <laughs> and uh, this- i thought I was opening myself to criticism by associating with any of the intrusive thoughts in this piece, but you just went all the way. Well, I mean, I do like childcare, um, but the story itself is is relatively simple, and we've seen it many places in the the zeitgeist. He said with finger quotes um, that it is a babysitter comes, or I guess technically a nanny. Yeah, I guess it would be a nanny. Yes, I suppose. Or maybe a governess? Au pair. Oh, well, no, 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 no. She didn't shake any of them. Um, oh. 
that got dark. Um, well, but, we're in the right place for it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but comes to two remarkable, wonderful children. Yeah, I'd say remarkable, wonderful children. <laughs> and a in a family that is well-to-do. And then thoughts start to come up that are a little bit single white female, a little bit uh, just wanting to play the hero, hence the heroine. Because uh, at first I thought this was a William S. Burroughs story. Um, but really what's great about that is that every step of the way, you think something's about to happen, but you don't know how or why. What makes the turn happen is her boss being a good boss. Yeah, and it's one of those cases where I think even though she's the heroine, we don't expect her to necessarily instigate because she seems like such a passive person for the most part. She seems very docile, and we don't expect her to make any big moves, but expect that any action she takes might be a reaction to what someone else does. So it's a nice spinning of that on its head to make the big moves hers as is fitting her being the heroine although um yeah uh gosh gosh <laughs> yeah um i think i'm not sure if i think she's passive though i think she's aggressively people people pleasing okay all right i can i can go along with that yeah i think yeah. i i guess i thought passive more in the like i felt i was more on the nose with docile as yeah. her demeanor seems to present itself with a once I got past passive, then I was past. I see. Yes. And I like the fact that she's docile because I really do just want to, because really as a character, I just want to kind of pet her silky mane. And, and I want to, I want to give her a cup of tea and put like an <laughs> Afghan around her shoulders and we can sit together and she can talk about whatever she talk about to get this out of her system. And this is a safe space. <laughs> <clears throat> It reminds me of something that Tori Amos once said about Trent Reznor. Just wants to give him a cup of cocoa and a hug. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you were frozen. Oh, you were frozen, too. Oh, wait, there you're back. Am I back? Okay. okay. Yes. You're frozen, as in some sort of princess with powers and a reindeer. I like it. I like it. I could go for that. Um, the cold never bothered me anyways. I live in Pennsylvania. <laughs> it's been like in the 30s at night at home, and my tootsies are cold. It's been in the, actually, it's been relatively warm here um, for, for this time of year. So it's, I can't really complain. Damn right you can't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're not a Californian, so you don't get to complain anyhow. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm, only Californians are allowed to complain about anything. It's really not I, fair that we put that in the Constitution. Well, how silly was that? <laughs> I'm recording this, so I know that you said that. <laughs> um, I think another interesting aspect of our characters is what, how we see her sort of spiraling out, which happens pretty quickly, but the one you kind of expect it to be brought about by something big. Yeah, you want a bigger inciting incident, or I'm not saying, I guess I should specify, when I say like you want, if, if that's what I felt I wanted as I was reading the story. I was kind of surprised, even though she she is about to do something big, but it's in response to something very small, just being paid, essentially. Mm-hmm. And actually, I might even think it wasn't just the being paid part that it was. I think it might have been the boredom because the kids only even minorly misbehave the first day. And then she makes the point of saying, you know, the second day and the third day and the fourth day and the fifth day. And then on the Saturday, there was a check for me um, that it's this repetition that there is no grand moment for her to 
establish herself upon this family as a vital part of it. Okay, so I was not with you when you said it was boredom, but then I swung around and came with you when you said it's because there's not some grand moment that I can get on board with. She needs to make the grand moment. But I still argue that her getting paid was part of the impetus simply because it was the inspiration because she burned those $20 bills, which I have to say, burning $20 bills in this economy. uh, Economy? (laughs) Any economy, really. Um, So, yeah, that seemed to kind of uh, give her a spark of an idea that fueled her next. I'm working on a slow burn here. Hold on. Um, It's okay if everybody hates us. We like us. And that's what matters. Damn right. Uh, but I think that aspect that it's not a grand moment that brings her to it because you see her going insane very, very briefly. Um, and I say insane, maybe this is the sanest thing she's ever done. Um, probably not. <laughs> I'm just going to put a pin in that one on the wall. Uh, so I can make an I told you so. Um, but yeah, she gets a paid uh, cash actually in an envelope and she decides to burn it. and uses way more matches than she needs to. Um, There's a certain bear that would be very unhappy with doing that. Um, But what's interesting is that when she does her flip out, and let's just say it, she tries to burn the house down. um, Yes. She puts herself in the middle of it. And I think that is an interesting point too, that she spreads around the gasoline and then she lights it on fire. But she doesn't realize she has placed herself in extreme danger to be able to go and be the hero, saving the family from the fire that is inevitably going to engulf the house. Yeah, it's very much that idea of the firemen who set fires so that they can go and put out the fire and be a hero, um, except on a, a more specific level, because it's she doesn't just want to be a hero to the public at large. She wants to be a hero to this family. Mm-hmm. And you can also look at it as being a commentary on how workers view their job, what they want their job in essence to be. They don't just want to be a person who is doing the things to get the money. They want to be someone who is vital to their role. And she really wants to be vital to her role. And she wants what she does to have meaning and to be memorable and to be you know, for people to be grateful for the big things that she does, like saving children from a fire. She just, I mean, you can admire that from afar, but definitely think about it the wrong way. Uh, yes. And I think one of the problems with that, that idea in general is that she wants to be as, she wants her recognition to be in the form of love, not in the form of cash, which is interesting. Um, that I love the fact that when she's saying, maybe I should say, I don't want to get paid. Um, and that guarantees you, this was not set in Connecticut because they would have said, no, that's fine. You don't have, um, (laughs) but this idea of what we're trading for, what we're trading our time and our effort for is, is key to how we sort of view ourselves in that scenario. We want to be getting back what we give. And she apparently is giving, you know, this devotion and love. To a family that that seems like they appreciate her, but haven't gone beyond that. And she's crazy for that. <laughs> yeah. And I think honestly, she wants to be part of the family. Um, and she figures this is her end. This is her way of making it so they could never 
send her away. They can never say that she's not a part of the family. This will bond her to them for a life. And you can see that there is that deficit. It seems like she is alone in the world. And it seems like she uh, is trying to break away from her history with her mother, which is not so great because her mother also suffered from mental illnesses. And that seems to have possibly even been part of her undoing. And this is all happening within the space of three, was it three weeks of her? Was it three weeks or three months? Yeah, three weeks, which is a very, very short time frame. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it did feel um, very fast, but sometimes, you know, mental illness is like that. It just rears its ugly head and kicks you in the butt. And all of a sudden you're doing stuff that you wouldn't have done a week ago. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, me neither. I've got no clue. Neither does that nosy Dr. Samuels. Anyhow, got anything else on this one? Um, no, not really. Not 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 anything uh, substantial, I don't think. Yeah, me neither. But you know what would be substantial? Reading uh, a story next week. Reading a story next week. I was just going to say, great minds, man. Great minds. Uh, that's, that thought just came out of nowhere. Uh, so, yes. And if we read a story next week, I think that we should read Kurt Vonnegut's Go Ahead and Tell Us the Story title. Oh, you mean All the King's Horses? Thank you. I knew there were horses in there somewhere, but my brain just knew like I had nothing but horses. So if, if I, I had told you what story to read, I would have said Kurt Vonnegut's horses and good luck. <laughs> and with that wish of bon chance, this has been <laughs> Short Story. Short Podcast. Oh, do, do that one more time. It cut out for a second. Short Podcast. There you go. And that whole thing's staying in. <laughs> Ow.